Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. and welcome to a very special edition of Two Pints of Maggots and a Packet of Hooks, the fishing podcast. In fact, this is so special that we're not even going to be looking at the press pack, nor are we going to be doing any reviews in the tackle shed. This podcast, in association with Teddy Fisher Baits and Fisher Evolution, is going to solely focus on the big chat. And in the big chair for the big chat is 2021 Fishermania champion, Mr. Harry Bignall. It's going to be a great chance to understand how Harry approached such a big match and how he went and won, comprehensively won, should I say, his first major final. So without further ado, let's delve in to the big chat. Hi and welcome to the big chat. We're in for an absolute treat because we've got the 2021 Fishermania champion. It's Mr. Harry Bignall. How are we, sir? I'm all right, David. How are you? I'm all right, pal. I'm not bad at all. Listen, first of all, Good. thanks for joining me. I know you're a busy man right now. <laughs> no problem at all, mate. I bet you're getting no asked left, right and centre, angling times, media, <laughs> asking you all sorts of questions. What's it been like since you've won? It's crazy. Yeah, it's been it's been absolutely mad, mate. To be fair, I've new to me because I, I don't know it's not some you know I've not really been like in the spotlight much mm. so it, it you do get a little bit um I don't really know what, what the word is to be fair a little bit bamboozled with it all but it, it, it it's all right I, I, I like it to be fair because it's something new do you know what I mean so it's yeah. letting me put my point across and story across so yeah it's good no, absolutely, mate. And, and I know you did uh, a similar one of the podcasts with the Guru lads, and I yeah. had a good old listen to that. And that I think, I mean, if you've not heard any of mine before, we do have a theme where we talk about sort of the past, mm. the present, and and the future, if you like, and and sort of your plan. So a lot of it that that theme will carry on through this. And I think yeah. the main thing I want to get across to my listeners is, and this is no disrespect whatsoever. I know absolutely who you are because I'm northern, <laughs> but. <laughs> Uh, unless you're on yeah. our sort of scene, then a lot of the listeners, they may well not have heard of you until yeah. that, that sort of final and that win. So we'll get stuck into a bit of that yeah. and uh, and talk about it all. But there was one thing that I picked up on from the podcast with Matt and also just other chit chat with, with some of the other lads around and about. Is that I couldn't believe that you weren't sponsored. Yeah, I've not, I've, um, I've, it's not something that I've really, I've, I've really tried to um, ever be. So... I know a lot of um, a lot of lads do take quite a lot of time out to try and get there, and it's. I always thought that I'd rather sort of justify a sponsorship because mm. I don't really want to. Um, I, I don't know, mate. It's, 
it's a weird one, really. I, I, I have been offered things in the past, and I've taken. Uh, I was with bag of match baits and stuff for a little bit, and I yeah. had something going with Midi long, long time ago. That though, um, yeah. and it was just one for me. I, I can't. I, I can't really put my finger on what it was. No, but... I get it. It's, it's not for everyone. You know, sometimes you force to use a bit of gear you might not necessarily use. Yeah, yeah. Baits that you don't have. It's all about confidence as well, isn't it? And if you exactly. if a certain bait that you use and you're used to it, why would you want to swap? But my, my main point of questioning with the sponsorship thing is, uh, okay, fair enough in the past, but since this win, have, have you been approached? No. All right, that'll be interesting because I think that's probably a question some of the listeners will be will be asking. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right, let's let's take a step back then. So um, let's find out a bit about the man in terms of sort of Harry Bignall himself. Now, starting fishing, um, there's two routes that throughout the theme of all these podcasts that we've done. There's the traditional route of um, probably a similar one to myself. Started on the local canal, um, you know, used to bike it down there with your mates and all the rest of it. Yeah. And then maybe you, you sort of join a club and, you know, maybe somebody takes you under the wing and starts checking you out and about, and then you sort of yeah, fall yeah. into matches. So what was the route that you went? Was it that, or was it just a case of straight um, into the frying pan, if you like? Yeah. So how it started with me was, um, I, I sort of started when I was about, I think it was about 11 years old, probably. Yeah. Um, and I used to go to a place called Risby, which is like a, it's only a little commercial. There's about four lakes there, but it's only like, I don't know, probably an hour, no, not even that, probably about half an hour walk from my house. So right, in a car, okay. yeah. it's like five minutes. So it was really easy for me to just get there because obviously at, at uh, 11, 12, you don't drive. It's So my mum used to drop me off and I used <laughs> to have a little, um, but it wasn't little. It was like a 13-foot match rod yeah, with um, a little box, like a tackle box thing. It was a Shakespeare box. Oh, my. We all had a Shakespeare box. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I had one of them, um, and I used to just go up there with, you know what I mean, a little cheap telescopic landing net, a little bit of tackle, and I used to just fish. Um, it was mad, mate. I just used to, like, fish mussels everywhere every, every time I went and throw them in. And just fish them. Like, Who got you onto on, that? On, <laughs> just because, like, I don't know what it was, but at the time, there was, like, a bit of a thing for them. And, like, all the old blokes that used to go there used to be using them. And I used to, you know, because when, you, when you're when you young, you don't really think about you it. You don't know any different, do you? Yeah. Yeah, you just, you just do. And so I used to just do that, mate. I used to love it, to be fair. Just catching little tench and that and small carp and stuff like that. Not many, but do you know what I mean? It was cheap as well because... They were about ninety p a bag then. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you're, I think you're, like I think you're about, you're about ten years younger than me. What are you thirty? Yeah, thirty, mate. Yeah. Right. So we're going back to about two thousand here, then, aren't we? Yeah, yeah, two thousand. Right. Yeah. So about it will have been. It, it it probably was bang on about two thousand. Yeah. Um, because I used to play football before that. So right. I used to play football for like a Sunday league team when I was like little, and then that all just stopped real quick. I can't remember why. And then I started doing that instead with my spare time. I just used to go fishing. And it wasn't serious at all, mate, to start with. Um, and then quite quickly, though, I, I ended up... The, I used to go on an evening, and there used to be like an evening series, like a, a series that used to get run in the summer there. It was like a league. Yeah. And I was fishing on... Um, it was a Wednesday night, and I got booted off the lake. So I, I, came, I came home, and I was like, well, I wouldn't, do you know what I mean? I wouldn't mind having like, sitting dabble. behind them. <laughs> like sitting behind them all. Um, and I was like, right, mum, I need a pearl now. 
because like all of them were using pearls. Ah. So I was like, right, I need a pearl. I need a different box. Yeah. And I think I got one for my birthday. Um, I think my dad bought me a pearl. My mum bought me a box. And then before I knew it, I sort of started accumulating all this gear. Mm. And I had like a tackle shop in Beverly around the corner from me. So I'd be in there on a Friday, um, like after school, like talking about fishing and like yeah. listening to stuff. And before you, when you're young, you're like a sponge. You just learn. Definitely. So quick. Like, I think if I was like, if it was now and I, and I knew what I knew and I didn't, like, I can't really put this into words. So imagine I was trying it from, I was 30 and I yeah. wanted to learn all that. I wouldn't be able to do it that quick, nowhere near, or at all. But when you're young, your brain's that, it's it's that, it's growing at the same time and you're just that active. You just want to know more and you just learn it so quick, mate. And before I knew it was fishing matches, I didn't join a club. I did I did fish for Lee's Juniors for a little bit. Right. Um. So I fished with them for, I think it was about a year. But I didn't fish any like matches with them. I used to just fish nationals with them, and um, I used to fish maybe like twice or three times a year with that with that team. Mm. But I never actually fished like in the Leeds Juniors Club in terms of like going across the across the um, Yorkshire and fishing like all the different yeah. venues. I maybe used to just do a couple of them because it was hard for me to get there. That's right. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like I was thirteen, fourteen. Do you know what I mean when I'm fishing and in you can't drive anywhere, Dave. Do you know? Yeah, yeah, so you, absolutely. When you're young like that, unless you've got really like, because my dad don't go fishing and he didn't really understand it. And my mum, my mum used to do what she could and she used to take me as much as she could. But it was very difficult to be able to take someone, take someone fishing to places like that, like in Leeds, Sheffield, Doncaster, Barnsley, wherever, because, you know, it's a long way, you know, on a weekend as well. Absolutely, so taking stay local. time. Yeah, yeah. Well, well I'm, I'm assuming you talk about this. These waters, Risby. It was like a. I guess was it a commercial? Was it all cap or was it a mixed bag or what? Um. Yeah. So, Risby is. It was predominantly like little cap. So there were like anything from sort of I don't know a pound to like four or five pound in one lake, and then another lake was just all tench. Right. And then another, which was it was class that one. And then there was another one which was like that. That was called the carp one. That was all big carp, so they were like sort of five to ten pound them. Yeah, so there was a little bit of everything to be fair. I used to just go on them all, but yeah, it was. It, and then there was a little stop pond at the back, but yeah, it was it was mint that place. I still, sometimes going out, you know, if I just want something yeah. to do. That's good. Yeah, yeah. No, the reason why I'm thinking that I'm just thinking because obviously you, you know your scene is is more or less commercials now, isn't it? And obviously, yeah. Fisher Mania final is tends to be one week up. And I'm just thinking. So you started off learning fishing, and the predominant species was carp, and it just it, it puts you in good stead. Whereas probably myself and and you know my sort of era, we all started off with a little perch or a roach and. And yeah, up because the commercials weren't quite as as big yeah, as they are. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying out now. Yeah, it, it's it's weird, isn't it? Because it's a, it's a shame there isn't any um, sort of big finals on the silverfish side. It is just all carp these days, isn't it? And I think it is, it, I think the River Fest has broke it up a little bit, um, and obviously yeah. with the, the feeder masters piece as well, because there's obviously a lot of skimmer fishing and and long range, quite technical fishing, I guess, but yeah. nothing to the to the heights of these 
50 grand, you know, your, your match dish, yeah. your fisher mania and that. But you never know. I think there's, you know, it's getting back the in popularity. It, I, think yeah. the skirt, I think the skirt for it on like an international level as well. We're lucky at this country because this is like the fishing capital of the world, isn't it? Like, so much choice, isn't it, mate? We, yeah, we've got all the commercials. We, we've got all the the brands, the tackle brands are all like based here. Like everything in is in the UK, in it. So, but mm. there, there might be like some sort of wave, maybe bringing some in in into in, because there's a lot of anglers that go abroad. You know, like there's a lot of like German anglers and stuff mm. like that that you wouldn't even realise like how many there was. There's there's absolutely loads. So there might be something there for you know to bring one over there and maybe have like us lads trying to get some. Yeah. into one of their then they you know then then there might be a lot of like them lads in it I don't know there's there's ways well, of doing stuff but they do the, the I mean like you say there's there's one or two places up for grabs and the official final I think for for European anglers but it doesn't go the other way around does it like you say there's no. nothing of that size in and like and spot on I mean Germany Poland a lot of East Europe Hungary these yeah. countries on the international scene are flying so could it be that they create something as big as Fisho? But yeah. I guess it's all about the backing, Sky Sports, Matchroom, all the rest of it. But yeah, Definitely. no, it's in, it's interesting. It's a really good point. Um, so taking a step back a little bit then. So we started off and it sounds like y- your mum was instrumental as well. I'm the same, mate. If my dad, my dad didn't fish, if he didn't take me around and about, um, mm. I'd have never have got into it properly. So it sounds like your mum was really sort of inspirational to she get was, you. Was yeah, my dad. My dad did used to take me when he could. Um, yeah. But my dad used to. Um, he was quite busy and he works um, quite a lot, and he does a lot of drinking on a weekend as well. So <laughs> it's sort of like <laughs> it was like um, he did, he never used to be able to sort of pick me up on a Saturday night or Sunday night because yeah. he used to go out. Do you know what I mean? Which is fair enough, but. Um, but yeah, my mum used to 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 take me all over the place, and has she ever had a fish? Have you ever? No, 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 no. She 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 don't like like the thought of holding them all like that. But she yeah, um, but yeah, she she did she did used to help in it a lot, mate. Because it's difficult when you're young. I mean, there's some lads now that I see, and I think, blooming hell, like I know some some of these you know young lads that dads take them on the qualifiers, and that is amazing. Like, yeah, it is. Dedicated. They, they, they don't realise how lucky they are. Yeah, the dad's got to be as dedicated as the, as the kids. To be fair, I know, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, some of them are banging. So I, be, I guess it's a bit like um, you see some of these dads at football, though, don't you? And they're they're kicking every ball for them, you know. And it's exactly. um, maybe it's almost a I wish I'd have been them when I was younger, sort of thing. But yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, to be to be fair, I mean it's it is what it is. You you are what you are. And, but you know, that, that I think it's great that they do that because I, do, yeah, yeah. I think one day they'll be absolutely like awesome because they've had, I mean, imagine if you was doing that at that age and fishing these qualifiers at like 14, 15, 16. I mean, I know, I know they can't fish the final, but I mean, on a, on a different, like, you know, just open matches in general, yeah. fishing them and, and going on these, these bigger matches at that age, you're going to be so good when you're 30, 31, 30. So you're just going to be, yeah. You know what I mean? Especially if you stick at it. Stick at it, yeah. And that's we'll get to, to sort of like the distractions and stuff later on because I think yeah, we, yeah. We, we, we've all been down that route. But yeah, and yeah. I know exactly. But I mean, it's one of them as well. The next gen piece on the on the fish show is a really good a good piece as well because it gives that outlook for these youngsters coming through Definitely. as well. So that's that's really good. A hundred percent, yeah. It's something that you need because at the end of the day, there's a lot of. I'll be honest, David, there's a lot of anglers now that are like 50, 60. Do you know what I mean? Where's it going to be in 25 years without them? Spot on. Do you know what I mean? 
spot on. Yeah, you, I, I know. I realised when I was uh, in my old club back in Manchester uh, when I was, I think I was thirty-two when I joined it, and I was the the youngest. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and, and I don't think that's even changed that's now. What I mean, that's yeah. no, and it, 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 that you do see the trend. It, it's like, especially. I think you, I think there's more in club fishing. I know in open matches there's a lot of the young lads want to fish the opens, and mm. your clubs are more. You do get a lot of the older lads because they don't take it as seriously. They That's still right. take it seriously, but not as seriously. And well, I, I'll give you an idea though. Talking about opens, look at the attendances at, at Partridge of the over fifties compared compared to the, uh, the opens. They're not far like off the same. Seventies, like going, yeah. it's mental in it. It is, it is. It's a really good point. So it's probably something that, you know, we all need to, it's probably something I need to promote a bit more on this podcast, actually, about getting people into it. And I did do a piece on the last one um, around, it is, it is National Fishing Month. It, it started the 26th of July and finishes the end of August. There's loads of initiatives yeah. to take your kids out. There's loads of fisheries doing buy one, get one free. And, and you know, you can get free rod licenses to, to take someone out as well. So I'll just stick that in there as well whilst yeah, we're talking no, about mean, it. Yeah. Because absolutely now is the time to to get people out so i guess then match fishing um and i, and I listened to your story about your first match and it and it was I, I laughed actually because it was exactly the same as what i did it was a school <laughs> trip my first match was exactly the same and, yeah. it, and it was a history teacher not a geography teacher was it really it was a history teacher he was an angler and he and he did a similar thing it's like you could go out to a you could go and watch a, a semi pro football match you could go and watch a cricket match or you could go and do this and and yeah. this guy said no i'll run a fishing trip and 40 yeah. of us went how many 40 40 yeah yeah was... i'm surprised there was that many who had gear and that exactly and that links back to what we've just discussed imagine trying to get 40 kids from a secondary school now fishing mm, who yeah, all nowhere who all nowhere. had gear we all had gear and we all fished a little bit couldn't believe it do you know so, what though? It's mad because there was no Xboxes and stuff back then. It was distractions, absolutely. Yeah, distractions. Mm. So much for him to do nowadays. But tell us about. Do you remember it? That first match? Yeah, yeah. So, because um, we, we did, we did. I did on. I did uh, one every year after that as well. That was right. when I was about. That was when I was young. But we did we kept it going. And uh, yeah, I do remember it. So we didn't actually draw pegs. It wasn't like that. We just sat down wherever we wanted. <laughs> That's what we did as well, wherever you Is fancy. It? Yeah. It was like a it was like a rover. <laughs> to be fair as well, I think we was all fishing for like separate times. I think some of them was fishing for like ten hours, some of them was fishing for four hours. Because obviously some got there real early, do you know what I mean? And some were there yeah. for like <laughs> like mid afternoon. But so yeah, I, I sat down on this peg which is like um, it, it was where I used to always sit anyway. I used to, because I kind of wait, it was in like a little bit of a corner and it was just mm. easier to get out of that way. It was because like you didn't want to carry your gear down. So it was like at the bottom of this hill and then the lake bent round. So I sat there and yeah, there was like, it, it was weird because it was like all oh, loads of schoolmates and that was there as well. Yeah. You can have a crack with them as well then, can't you? Yeah. Yeah. And it was just like, just do the usual. I just did, did what I was, what I usually did. I threw a load of muscles in and chucked a little <laughs> wagger over the top and it, it just started going under every now and again. This muscle thing is brilliant. It, it was just, yeah. When you think back to it now, you, you cringe when you're saying it. Do you know what I mean? Because you just, yeah. you're at that age, you just don't know. But when you don't get shown, you're not gonna know, are you? No, absolutely. No. <laughs> and it's it's listening to those lads in a tackle shop and and all the rest of it before you start moving on. And, and like you say, fishing these these Wednesday matches that you that you then started going into. So what happened yeah. then? Did someone set you under the wing and put your eye, or what? 
Yeah, so I, I, I started fishing the Wednesday night matches and um, I, I didn't do very well to start with in them because obviously I just didn't have the right gear, do you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, and then about a year went by and in that year, um, all my my tackle just obviously improved because I had everything that I needed and I learned loads in that year and I took to pole fishing like so quickly. Like, mm. I, you know, I remember people used to comment on it, like how, how quick I've learned how to fish it. Do you know what I mean? Because it it's not something that's easy to do, I don't no, think, with long no. pole. It's, but it was just like, it, I just felt bet like it felt easy to me, like to do. And, um, and in that year, I started going to a different venue as well because I remember, I, I remember I went to see this venue. I went. My dad took me actually on the way home from work once. Yeah, and it was somewhere he knew the guy or knew someone who worked there because it, it's like it's a fishery, but at the same time, it's like a DVLA site where they do all lorry training. Right. So it's it's a bit strange, but basically they do that in the car park at the other side, and then. If you go a bit further up, there's like a, a dirt track and then there's a fishery at the bottom called right. Sinostics. Yeah. So I used to go there and I was like, Dad, I need I need to go fish some matches here because it looked mint. Because like there was people fishing at the same time. It was like it's like four snake lakes kind of thing. Okay. So there's like a moat one. Sorry, in it's two snake it's three snake um two snake lakes and an open water one with like little islands in it. So there's like a moat one and then there's another one like that with a bridge in it, and then there's another one which is like sort of like an oval shape with like three islands in it. And I was like, yeah. right, I need to come here because I was just getting bored at Risby and there was hardly any matches. So, I, And I knew there was matches on a Tuesday and a Thursday there and I knew mm-hmm. they were on a Saturday as well because I'd heard stories about it. Yeah. So I was like, right, I need to start going there instead. So I said to my mum, I was like, uh, would you be able to take me on Tuesday? Mm. And she was like, yeah, yeah, no problem. I'll take you before work and then obviously I'll pick you up at the end what time do you need picking up? And I was like, well, to be fair, I don't even know what time the match finishes. In, <laughs> in hindsight, yeah. in hindsight, it, won't, it didn't really work because the match finished at half four, but then you didn't get weighed until half five. And it yeah. was like, by the time you wanted picking up, it was six. And obviously it was like, my mum was waiting about. Anyway, so, um, so yeah, I, start, I started going there. And what happened was at first, there were, it was a little bit weird because they were, they were a little bit funny with me fishing the matches. Because I was that young, mm. right? How old are you at this point? About twelve, right? And I didn't have an adult with me. Mm. They used they were a little bit thingy at first. There was like we're not insured. I remember they used to say you need to have an adult with you. Yeah. And this bloke called Mick. It was like um, uh, it was an old. It was quite old at the time, and I think I, I actually think he's passed away now, um, right? Which is a bit a bit sad, but. Um, he used to say, "Look, he's, I'll I'll be his guardian for the day." Do you know what I mean? Mm. So that was real nice of him. And I used to like sort of fish the match, even though he was like nowhere near me. I was like maybe four pegged or two lakes away. Do you know what I mean? But yeah, this it sort of got round it. And I, he actually worked in Beverly Tackle Shop as well. Ah, okay. On a Friday or a Sunday. He used to work there one day a week. I can't remember what day it was, but he, he did work there, and that's how I kind of knew him. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. it wasn't like he was just a random guy. Um, and anyway, I started going there quite a lot and it became like the only place I went for mm. probably four years, right. I'd say. Okay. Yeah. And the matches were, were big. 
on a Tuesday and a Thursday they were they were like cost cutter matches. Mm. But on on a on a Friday and a Saturday there were fifty peggers. Right. There okay. were big big opens like and people used to travel from all over Yorkshire to, to go to go to that place. And it was like a little bit of a who's who at one point going there. There was like loads and loads of good anglers going. What sort of winning weights? What was you putting in the net at this sort of so, age? So I wasn't winning at that stage. It took me about probably about a, another year after that to start winning. But mm. um, what are you winning weights back then? You were looking at like between 80 and 120. Right. So I'll give you an idea now. I think it's, and you what, between 12 and 16 and you was putting those sort of weights together. I didn't catch my first hundred pounds till I was 30. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I had, I had eight, yeah. eight years away from it. Don't get me wrong. You know, I had eight years not fishing. But yeah. when I came back into it, in the, you know, you've, you're all rusty and whatnot. And it took me a good 12 months before I, I, I caught my first hundred pounds. So that gives you a bit of an idea. What a great start. You know, you, yeah. you, you're just getting into your teenage years. Already, you've got this this place nailed because you've been going three or four years. What what sort of lads were going then? Was it the likes of Andy um, Geldart? And so yeah, so uh, Andy Geldart, he went um, not all the time, but he used to come down again. Joe Karras, yeah. Um, brr, who else? Mick Lodge, Andy mm-hmm. Quarmby. Um, there was like Steve Gregory. Yeah. There was Eddie Mitchell. There was like. I'd say that that can't, that doesn't even name them all because a lot of them were mint at the time and they probably don't go fishing as much now. But yeah. like there was anglers that that went there and they were they were like they were good. Do you know what I mean? Like they yeah, used the to best, be the best as they, they were very 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 good. Mm. And there was like forty five going every single week. So I think that kind of helped a lot because hundred percent. Yeah, just crack it. it up. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. like you're just around them all the time. So they'll say little things or you'll hear little things and you, you just become second nature to do and follow, do you know? Were they all willing to help you with you being so young as well? Well, some of them were, some of them were. Mm. I think, like, some of them I probably just got on the tits a bit. <laughs> <laughs> what, asking too many questions? <laughs> yeah, but I, because I used to just pack up early half the time and just go and, like, walk about and, do you know what I mean? And, like, yeah, well, and just sit behind them and that and, because that's what you do when you're that age. You're not you're not competing. You know, you, all you want to do is learn. That's mm-hmm. all you want to do. You know, you don't. You're not really bothered about sitting there and, and trying to win because you, you're not good enough to win yet. Do you know what I mean? You want to yeah. learn and you want to get there. So I used to do that quite a lot, and yeah, I probably did annoy a few people along the way. But it is what it is, isn't it? That's just that's totally. the only way to improve is is to do that. Really, yeah, in my yeah, yeah, brilliant. Um, but yeah, it was. It was awesome, mate, that place. No, it sounds it. And I mean, that's what a grounding to get you to sort of, you know, up to the level you, you need to be. And, and let's say it's interesting that I think Andy Bennett was similar. I think he just dived straight in with, with matches, opens, you know, straight in. It wasn't no yeah. club fishing or anything. Very similar sort of background. Um, I think he fished a few naturals as well, a few of the big reses and what. But in terms of match fish, it was like, bang, straight into opens on. Yeah. Uh, I think it used to go a place called Brookside's where I used to go. Yeah, I've heard of that Brookside's. Yeah, I've heard of it. Over in Warrington. At the time, um, you're going back 20 years ago, is when I used to fish it quite a bit. That was a real buzzing scene. You know, you'd get, like, say, 50, 60 on the opens. And, um, yeah, to be thrown in like that, similar sort of grounding for you. So, no, great. Um, From then, I I know, like... um, It's an interesting one for you here. So, (laughs) let me open something up just whilst we're... 
whilst we're talking. Right. I'm from the Northwest. You're a Yorkshireman. Yeah. How many people do you think, if we took a line and drew it across from, say, I don't know, I live in Lincolnshire now, so let's say that. Let's say from Nottingham, yeah. Lincolnshire, Nottingham, Sheffieldish up. How many Fishermania winners do you think are from the north and how many are below that line? What do you reckon? So how many do I think are below the north? Yeah, how many do you think are from down south, if we want to call below Nottingham down south? Right, okay. I've won so, Fishermania. Right, okay. So, how many from down south? I'd say the majority are from. I'd say the majority are from north. Hundred percent, mate. Hundred percent, and and it's just, what is it about northern anglers and these big matches that sort of we seem to do so well? And I know the scene is more buoyant in the north than it is down. So there's a lot of big, a lot of carp lads down in the south, and the lads and lasses that want the big fish. But I had a quick scan through and right the way through from '94, which is the first Fishermania. Yeah. Ian, Ian Turner won, and he was from Worksop. Yeah, and then so you've got York doing it. Yorkshire, Nottinghamshire border, yeah. Then you've got Andy Jennings, Wakefield, Dave Pimlock, yeah. Manchester. And then yeah. you've got a little bit of southern action, Kevin Rowles from Devizes, which is in Wiltshire, and then the Ringers, which yeah. is sort of Northamptonshire way. But yeah. then Steve Cook, Retford, Steve Jackson, yeah. Bridgewater. But then pretty much, you could even throw Nathan Watson in as North, because he's North oh, Lincolnshire. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, Nathan's, and then, Nathan's like... Grimsby area. Yeah, exactly. He's, in, he's from Louth. And then you just go right the way through. A couple of Midlands lads in there more recently, like Pete Black. Um, but in Gen- Shane Atkin, Northern lad. Yeah. Warren Martin would be East Anglia way. But yeah. It's a, and then obviously you've got the, the era of Jamie Hughes, Andy May, Bennett and whatnot. So there's something there. Yeah. And, I and that's what, what it is. Do you think it's a coincidence though? Listen, I'm asking you, mate. I mean, I, I could go even. I, I thought I'd go <laughs> into it. To know what you think first. Well, if I'd have done me, um, if I'd have done me research properly, I would have probably gone into match this and looked at the the, the stats yeah, around yeah, yeah, that yeah. as well. But I mean, we've yeah. got some different ones there. You got Andy Power and all the rest of it. But why do I think? Well, it's we're a bit biased, aren't we? Because it's two Northerners talking <laughs> together. But I, I think it's because it's hard, mate. To be honest, I think mm-hmm. you know it, it's in general the fishing's very competitive. I think the the fishing's can be really really tough, even in summer. Sometimes it's, it can mm-hmm. be iffy, and you just learn those little tri- tips and tricks yeah. that can get you a bite. I don't know. Don't know whether it's a stuff. That that could be, that could be a factor. I think definitely. I think I, I've got the thing is I fish with a lot of the southern lads as well. I fish with. Um, in UK champs and stuff, and I've been down to Whiteacres quite. Well, a few this is times. where my conversation is leading exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, and there are some like absolutely like unbelievable anglers in the south, like like Paul Holland, Will mm-hmm. Raisin, like all them lot, and there's some like Pem, um, yeah. all so, them Tony Kurd, you know that lad Tony travels Kerr's, hundreds yeah, and like, hundreds of miles on these qualifiers. The, 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 you could just go on all night with like how many good ones there is in the south, like just as much as you could with the north. But I think there's more anglers in the north than there is in the south mm-hmm. as well. I think match fishing. I ma- think so. I'd, I'd love to see those stats actually. Those, would, those yeah. sales, and, mm. and I think as well. I think we get to practice the venues that the we get to practice Hayfield and Cudmore and the places what are in the final more than they do because it's such a long way from them. Mm. However, however, I still, you know, it's an art, it's a real hard one, but there's definitely, you know, there's, with, with it just being a lot of, a not, lot more Northern Anglers, 
it is it is an hard one to put your finger on. I think there must be a few variables in there, but like I don't know. <laughs> that stitched you up with that question, haven't I? <laughs> yeah, mate, massively. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's uh, it's <laughs> one of those where I, I just the, the proofs in the pudding. I, all I've done is, mate, I've just opened up fishermania.net, click on history, and you can see, and you can go through the, the so winners, yeah. certainly the last ten years. Yeah. Um, in fact, looking at the last 10 years, so from 2011, when Shane Atkin won it, right up to yourself, there's only yeah. Pete Black, who's who's a brummy. Take Warren Martin out of it, but nine out of 10 have been Yorkshire Northwest. It's it's a crazy stat. It is, that is crazy, that, to be fair, because, like, it's it's just, it's just like, it's a lot of, it's a big difference in it. Do you know mm. what I mean? It's not like 30, 70, it's like, yeah. It's massive, isn't it? But it's an interesting one. I think going back to one of my podcasts, I had a similar conversation with, I think it was with Darren Cox, because he mm. wrote an article in, in, I think it was the Angling Times, or one of the magazines anyway. And he, he yeah. was saying about um, the lack of sales of big qualifiers in the South. So they've had to move qualifiers further north. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. It. Yeah. What he yeah, sees from yeah. his tackle sales from Garbolino is all his, because obviously Garbolino is mainly a match brand. Yeah, it's all from the Midlands up the sales. You can see it. Um, so it's all Midlands and North, pretty much. Whereas Not in the South, it'd be a conversation to have with with Matt one day and the guys at Guru because I'm sure they see their quarter sales are like mad down the South with the obviously the car yeah. fishing and the match fishing gear is probably Midlands North again. I don't know, but it's just no, an interesting probably, one to discuss. Right. And to be fair, Matt did actually touch on it. To be fair, it was he mentioned it like briefly because. It took me around the guru. Um, oh, how was that? Yeah, tell everyone about how was how was Corda uh, Towers. Yeah, yeah, class place. That I yeah, bet. unbelievable. Like I, I didn't expect it to be that big. To be honest, it was like yeah. it, it it was massive. And then they've got the massive warehouse where they store everything. It was it was it was mint place. That absolutely yeah. mint. There weren't that many people there because I think at the minute a lot of them are still working from home. But of course, like, yeah. I think when it all gets back to normal, it must be a it, it must be a class place to work that because everyone's just like it's just fishing mad, fishing isn't it? mad, <laughs> yeah. I know. So it it, it's, it just looked real cool, you know what I mean? But yeah, there was, oh, I bet. it was it was a nice place. But um, but yeah, he touched on it briefly. But to be fair, I can't I can't really remember what figures he said. But yeah, they, they definitely have more sales. I think in 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 the north and Manchester and stuff. Mm. It was mentioned in Manchester and like. Or this area more than more than the yeah. um, more than the south, even with Guru. Yeah, I think so, I, and I think that's, that's it's partly to do with the lack of venues, lack of choice. It is, and, of course, it is, and and you know that's, that's got to be it, hasn't it? Lack lack of anglers as well. Yeah, exactly. I, mean, like, I know Paul Holland travels like all the way to Tunnel Barn, you know, just to fish. It's mad, isn't it? It's, it's like an way. hour and forty-five minutes to fish an open match. Yeah, it's crazy. It's a long way, just to, to sort of you know, yeah, it's it is, but but. Moving on to that then, so we've moved from being a teenager, learning your trade, cutting your teeth up there in Yorkshire. We've had a discussion about how, you know, um, serial winners from the north, um, these big matches, UK champs. So, Mm. um, and as this comes back to me, point at the start is that you you might not necessarily be a, a household name as such because, you know, not necessarily in the magazines all the time. You've already said as well, you're not a big sort of blogger facebook yeah. you know social media so you're not out there as such but in amongst that what i'd call elite circle of anglers that i'm certainly not in you know i'm, I'm just a club angler mate to be quite honest but these lads who, who travel around doing the qualifiers doing the the festivals 
you know, you're well known in those circles. So tell yeah. us a little bit about the UK champs and specifically back down south, White Acres. How did oh, all that start? So, yeah, so I started getting back into fishing again about three years ago, it was. Um, mm-hmm. And to be fair, like, I started just going back to Psych House a bit. Um, and um, my mate was like, right, well, I'm going to get on UK champs next year. So I fished UK champs. Um, once like last year and I'm, I'm in, and I'm in it this year yeah but to be fair that's like I I won't I don't really it's a, it's a weird one the UK champs because it's like it's like a festival but it's over like four days yeah so you're at all different venues so um the venues that they use at the moment the, the new the, the new format they're using Allcroft mm. Decoy the Glebe and uh Barston okay so I'll just I'll, I'll run you through last year's little UK champs um, campaign what I had. So started off at Allcroft. Um, how did I get on there? I can't even remember. I can't even remember where I drew. Oh, right. I drew, I drew 25 on the moat out. So it was on the moat lake at Allcroft. Now, that one's like, um, I'd say it's probably the hardest cart venue to fish in the country. It's a big unit. Opinion. It's massive. What is the 160 pegs? Yeah, 108, 180 odd pegs. Yeah. Um, it's the probably the biggest expanse of water I've ever fished on a commercial ever, mm. and it's deep as well. Just for the listeners it's, that have it's, not fished, it's it. a le- yeah, it's a level six, seven foot all the way like into the middle. Mm-hmm. It's it's a deep open water. It, it's the fish are very very old. I, it's not somewhere I go much, David. If I'm honest, I, I try like I try stay a bit closer. All across like an hour and twenty from me. Yeah, so it's not it's not like I won't go there, but obviously. Yeah, I've got I've got venues closer to me that that I can fish. Do you know what I mean? So I go yeah. to them instead. But I do always enjoy going there because it's it's such a put it this way. You won't ever go anywhere like it in <laughs> in 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 round in, in the in this country because it is so difficult. Like the fish are like so clever. It's unbelievable at Allcroft. Yeah, and um, and yeah. So I started off there, and I can't even remember. It was in my section though. So I had like the Speedy, Ollie Scott, Ben Bell. I think he was a bit further up. Then there was like um, a few of us. I can't, it was a good set. It was an hard section that first one, to be fair. Sounds it. Yeah. Fair in that section. Mm-hmm. Um, first round. Um, so I was happy with that from where I drew. And I had, I think I had nine carp and two skimmers for 91, no, for 89 pounds. Shows you a stamp, yeah, yeah. So the 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 big the great big massive things. Um, so I was like on a de- onto a decent half decent start, and then was at decoy next round. Um, drew on beastie peg five. That section again was just superstar central. I think I had powers <laughs> in the section. That's it a was, good uh, a good way was, of putting things. Yeah, it was mad that day. It was like Andy Powers. Um, me, Dave Bailey, Chris Barley, Stephen Forster, Jimmy Brooks, just like... Do you know when big... you say that now, Superstar Central, do you not see yourself in that? Well, in that? I don't, I'm quite modest, mate, so I don't really, like, I do I do know my limits in, in fishing, do you know what I mean? I'm not yeah. saying, I, I feel like I can beat anyone on my day, but obviously I don't like, I don't like to sort of blow my own trumpet because... 
I just no, can't but you know now it. though, you will be sort of spoke about in that breath. Yeah, yeah, some, yeah, of course. There, there'll yeah. be some lad now who's telling his mate in a few weeks' time or whatever, say, oh, I drew the section of death, Superstar Central. I had Harry Bignall on one peg, yeah. Andy Gelder yeah. on the other. I had, you know, Alan Scott. Art. So you will be yeah, spoken yeah. about like that from now on. It's funny. Yeah, but I suppose it's that transition period, isn't it? And like you do, I'm, I am still only 30, so yeah. do you know what I mean? It, it's weird, but I'm, I, know, I, know what, I know what you mean. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah decoy. Anyway. Sorry, I interrupted. Yeah. So how did you get on there. on beast? So I was like, I was like that day. I was like, I, th- I think I was like fourth in section that day. Um, real disappointed because I was like, I, I couldn't have won it, but I could have definitely sneaked another couple of points that day. Just mm. made some bad decisions, really. Um, I think I like kind of I rushed, I rushed a little bit towards the end. Um, I tried fishing sh- the, the the edges. I should have just fished deep water down the edge instead of shallow water. Mm. Um, because they were big fish and they were just they didn't I didn't need to be fishing in such shallow water there, but I just got told by Tom Edwards that I needed to fish like that, and yeah. it turns out I didn't need to fish like that. Just little things like I should have just done my own thing that day because I'd never fished the lake. I listened to Tom and. You find that a lot on these sort of matches because, like you just said, Oldcroft, you probably wouldn't go. You probably know it historically anyway. But somewhere like Deco, which is, mate, that's past where I live. That's an hour from me. So it's a right trek from you. You, Do you rely on local knowledge or do you just go with your instincts? I do always ask people because, like, I've got a lot of mates, like, in fishing, do you know what I mean, who I can look at, um, who I can, like, ring or um, whatever and they'll go to these venues because obviously I've been around like quite a long time so I know quite a lot of people and I'll always if I'm going somewhere I'll be like right I'm off here I'll give thingy a ring yeah. and but sometimes that isn't always the best way to go because you've all got like every, every, I've always said this everyone's got like a certain style of where they fish and if you listen to someone like and do what they tell you to do or like that it sometimes it works against it's where it's not in your favor because yeah that's what they do but like you don't fish like that do you know what i mean so you ne- you're never ever going to really do it properly or like think you're going to be doing it's weird like someone said to me right how do you fish here like someone rang me up and said like well i'm off to airfield tomorrow harry um what do i want to be doing i'd say right well depending on where you draw i'd fish shallow right and then that's that's probably all I'd say. I'd, I'd probably I'd, I'd be that single man. I'd just say right, fish shallow, long, and on the deck, just ping up and down. Whereas if they rang someone like I don't know, someone like someone else, they might say right, well, I'd just fish a waggler all day. Hello, waggler, something, yeah. yeah, yeah, or I'd fish a method, or so both can work. But obviously, it's what you you know what I mean. The, the fishing, there's no right or wrong. Sometimes it's there's there's other ways, there's other methods that can work on certain days, but. So yeah, I think sometimes you just you've got to like go where you've got instincts on venues. Like, well, there's, a, there's an old that, saying that um, I've said a few times on this podcast that it always reminds me. It's, it was from Roy Marlowe, told me years ago, and it's one that I'd always pass on to anybody. He says, "Do what you know, not what you think you know." Yeah, that's it. That's hundred percent right. Yeah, hundred percent. I think that that's good advice for anyone. You you go if you think something in fishing, and you think like you know that that's what I want to do then go and do what you think because that, that nine times out of ten, if you think it and you've got a good angling brain, then it's the right thing. Yeah. So, you know, you should never ever copy anyone because you'll only ever come second by copying someone. Yeah. Like you won't ever you won't what, ever what would your what would you say your strength is then? What in fishing? Yeah. 
Well, like long pole fishing, like is is like what I do. Like that's mm. what I do best. Yeah. Um, shallow on the pole, um, and I don't know. Just I'd say my strength is just carp rather than F ones. Like I don't fish for F ones much. That's interesting. I okay. used to fish. I used to fish for F ones at Lindholm. I had a little stint at Lindholm about four or five years ago, and I did all right to be fair, but. I didn't actually like enjoy it at all, like fishing for F ones. It just bored me. Yeah. Like I just prefer going and fishing for carp. But some people like doing a bit of both. Some people, you know what I mean. Look, I can I can go and fish an F one venue if I want to. Do you know what I mean? Like it's not like I don't know what I'm doing, but I just prefer doing that type of fishing because it's it, I'm better at carp fishing, hundred percent. And I think you can be a little bit less. You don't have to do as much prep with carp. Like F1s, you have to do a lot more prep. You have to have a lot more rigs. Yeah, a lot more You have more to rigs, have a lot yeah. more diverse uplems. Whereas you have to have your three inch, your two inch, your four inch. You know, you don't have to do that with carp. You can tie everything up at six inch or you can tie everything up at eight inch, chop them down to size if you need to. You can make your rigs on the bank, Dave. It ain't always as... Don't get me wrong. I should do more prep than I do. Yeah. But sometimes the, the matches that I fish, I'm fishing UK champs, I'm fishing festivals, and I'm fishing like qualifiers. You get two and a half hours to set up. Yeah. So exactly. you're not in a rush. No. You know what I mean? If I fished, if I was fishing and you got an hour to set up, I wouldn't be able to get away with doing what I do. But I'm I'll I'll do I'll have, I'll be honest, in my in my kitchen, I've got 10 guru boxes just absolutely full of uclems. I've got a thousand and fifty uclems. Oh my word, yeah. Ready to go. Yeah. But uh, that's what I do. I just tie a thousand up at once. All it'll take me like ten days. Yeah. And then they're done. They're done, and man. Yeah. I don't have that many rigs like as such. I just have float boxes. I'll get to my peg and I'll decide what rigs I want on the day. That's just how I fish, mate. It's yeah, a, it, your strength. Some people say it's it you, you should you shouldn't do it like that. Some people say you should, but Carp, you don't have to have trays and trays of rigs, mate, in my opinion. All you do is you take the year and you just snap them all up, mate, yeah. at the end of the year. Yeah. That's just what you do. That's just how that's what how I've always thought of it. Yeah. No, um, I get it. I get it totally. Yeah. It's like you say, it's it's the way it works for you and, and it's your strength and that's that's what's most important, which you know, great. Um yeah. So we talk about uh, beasties, and you maybe slipped up a little bit taking on that talk. To, um, so yeah, fourth in, fourth in section on beastie that day. Um, made a few errors as I've just touched on then um, with decisions and stuff, and obviously it cost me that day, and I ended up fourth instead of really I should have been second. But anyway, that that you know what I mean. I just put that behind me. Yeah. Then was at the glebe um, on the third round. And uh, I was on Lake One Peg. I was in the twenties. I can't remember exactly what peg it was, but it was high up in the twenties. It was probably like twenty five, twenty four area. Um, and I fished casters up and down on the long pole that day, and um, I had a hundred, about a hundred pound bang on. Won the section that day, so I was kind of like all to play for Barston. Yeah, um, right. And Barston is somewhere. I've not really been that much. I've, I've been like, I've probably fished Barston um, about four times previous to that. And like every time I've been to Barston before that, it, whether it was like a qualifier or whether it was like anything, like even if I've just been up, because I, I, 
I've just been up there for other things as well. Like I remember there was like a it was like a charity shield match up there once, and I fished that. And yeah, they have all trade shows. Baston, Baston Masters qualifier, whatever. So every time I've been, I've come off my box and I've I've been like I've just left loads of fish in my peg. I should have just fished for silvers. Like that's how I've felt every time I've been. Like I've maybe had like fifty pound, but I feel like I could have had like seventy pound of silver every time. And I thought, right, do you know what? Like I knew I couldn't win. The, I knew I couldn't win UK champs that year. I could, I could obviously come in the top ten, but I couldn't really win it because Andy Power was on three points going into the last day. So unless he came last, which won't go happen, not going to happen. No, no. Then obviously no one could win but him. So it was like, right, let's just like try and get a result here and like just don't come off your peg again feeling like you've left flipping 30, 40, 50, 60 <laughs> yeah. in it. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Because it in me, I always like to feel like I've done my best. So what it was that day, uh, that w- a couple of weeks before that match, my mate Ryan Lidgard on the phone, and this is why it's so good to have mates who go fishing at the same sort of matches as you. Yeah. It was like, it was like, mate, um, he knows I love fishing meat on the long pole for skimmers and that and fishing deep shallow. And it was like, mate, I'd just go fish meat. Wakelin's been doing it. And he's been catching like 60, 70, 80 pound of skimmers. Yeah. And, and I was like, really? And he was like, yeah, honestly, mate. It was like, dial put, a, put um, a video up of him fishing meat on the long pole on this like, uh, like whatever it was, like teaser video. So uh, and then I stumbled across it. I was like, oh yeah. So I was like, he's you know what I mean. Obviously, if, if meat, the thing is, when it's meat and the skimmers want meat, it's the best bait in the world. I what, think. Why do you think that is? Because it, you just don't catch small ones on it. You want to catch like selective. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's why. Because it's it. You could go in on like expander and catch a shit fish every truck. <laughs> yeah, you get tiny little meat. blades. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Put a piece of meat on them because you feed in a bigger particle as well. It just it singles out them better fish. So anyway, I fished meat on a long pole that day. I decided I was going to do it back to back, and then I had hundred pound of skimmers. Brilliant! Like, what a day fishing that skimmers, um, and won the section that day as well. So it's not all about carp, then, is it, mate? Crikey, smash that out! Yeah. So like, and and John Arthur was next to me that day, and he only had forty pound, and he fished he fished corn. No, he didn't. He fished he fished worms and casters. And Craig Edmonds was the other side, Trig. He fished corn. He had 45. John O'Hafer had 41. And I had £100 fish meat. It was the right bait on the day. And, it, and it's one of them occasions where I will say, if, he'd, if they'd have fished meat and I'd have fished meat, we'd have, all seen, we'd, have all, we'd have all caught, but I wouldn't have had a ton. But they did not want to eat corn or casters because I was feeding that, and that's what they wanted to eat on the day. And it wasn't just because I was on them. There'll have been skimmers all along that bank. Do you know what I mean? Skimmers are one of them sort of fish where they're not like carp. They'll they'll move a bit. Do you know what I mean? It's not just a shoal in front of you that won't move. They're not like that. And it took three or four hours for me to actually start catching them properly anyway. I knew they were in my peg. I knew they were in the area because I was catching an odd one anyway. Mm. But it takes a what while. What was that? Do you remember? Move. Hey, what peg was that? Do you remember? Oh, um, hang on, let me have a look. Was on the riverside or on the? Golf I was on, the, yeah, on 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 the on, on the um on the road bank. So it'll have been about peg ninety eight or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, okay, ninety nine. Yeah. 
So yeah, right, right up the top of the road bank, Dave. If, yeah. If so would you, mean. was you not tempted to whack out a feed or anything? Did you just have your mind set on? Started I'm on get a PVA bomb. Um, yeah. Started on a bomb and PVA with like eighteen little sauce pellets in it and two red pellets on the hook. Yeah. Started on that for ten minutes and I just thought, do you know what? Sack this off because it. You know, don't you? Yeah. I'm, there's, there was no way I was sitting at Barston again waiting two hours for him. <laughs> it's just, it, it just won't happen, not on that match. So, I, and I want in a carp area anyway. Mm. And I think, to be honest, that it's one of them methods that it, it, that me on there, it's, I, everyone, I can guarantee, because so many people were shocked like that and fished it that year. They were Fantastic. like, what, you've £100 of skimmers on me at Barston? I was like, yeah. Brilliant. And like, um, so yeah, it, it it was mental, mate. That that, and then I, I think I ended up seventh in UK champs last year. But I was a bit, a little bit disappointed that I didn't come a bit higher up because, like, one point at Allcroft, Speedy won the section at Allcroft with ninety-one, and I was third with eighty-nine four or something, and Ben Bell was second with eighty-nine fourteen. So it's like, yeah, it's like Allcroft, like two pound is nothing, like, and I lost one down the edge. So I could have won the section that day, hundred percent, and then that decoy, I could have been, I could have been second, or well, maybe not second actually. I could have been third. So it's near enough, of, not far off a perfect score. That is it. Do you know what I mean? Just no. a few little things along the way, but you know, Fine fishing, margins. Fish, fish, fishing's like that. Like you, everyone can always look back in hindsight and, and think, ah, do you know what I mean? If I'd have just done this, or if I'd have just done that, but the bottom line is, you didn't. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah, ultimately. You've done yeah. now, just forget about it and just move on because if you can keep, you know, you, you know what I mean, don't you? Totally, totally get it, yeah. I mean, it's just one of them. You can't, you know, you can't, you can reflect on things and learn from them, but you can't change it. So you no. just got to swallow it and crack on, I guess. But was, was there a similar scenario at White Acres then? Did you, um, you did really well in a couple of festivals down yeah. there, didn't you? So yeah, White White Acres was a was a weird one because it was a little bit of a transition period for me from I'd never really fished open waters at all. Like I've not obviously now it's all I fish, like and I have done for the like past sort of five years. But like at that time when I started going to White Acres, all I fished was a um venue called Moorfields in Gulls, so it's like a snake lake. So I went there, it was a bit like this is weird, do you know what I mean? Like deep lakes. Um, I had like the right gear for them because I knew what I needed, but it was like deep lakes, varied, very varied fishing. Like every day, different. Yeah. Every day was different. You needed to do a little bit of everything. Obviously, I was sort of like way out of my depth at first. Like I didn't really know what I was doing. If you know what I mean, I, d- I knew what I was. D- I knew what to do, but I just didn't know how to put it into practice. If you know what I mean, I didn't know yeah, when yeah. to sort of do the, the certain things. And it was it, it's one of it's obviously Whiteacres is one of them venues that's proper like massively talked about. It has been for a long time, and there's in magazine features like you know that go back like 10, 15, 20 years all about Whiteacres and festivals, and so you do have a little bit of an understanding of the venue anyway. And to be honest, David, I had been to Whiteacres like a few times or at least two times before, but not on festivals. Just like looking about, you know, like fishing in little matches and. Mm. pleasuring do you know what I mean yeah. yeah yeah so it wasn't like I didn't know the venue um so anyway I went on my first one and I can't remember where I came like if I'm honest I came quite far down it was like maybe 40 50 or something like that and but I did have one decent I had a couple of all right results couple of feds 
And then I, I had a massive, I, some proper bomb I, on path, a proper bombed out. Didn't even take a feeder rod on path. Just thought I'll get away with fishing the pearl all day. Yeah, that was like massive, massive, like wrong decision. Do you know what Blowing I mean? Blowing like, a hoolie could only fish yeah, for, like, like four meters just, and stuff just like horrendous, that. Horrendous. Like I was next to MPEG, and like yeah, it was just like that was a, a big, big thing. And like twin oaks, I drew shocking, but I fished the wrong bait, and like it was just it was one of them where I came back. And it just pushed me like I, I thought, right, I needed this. Like I needed to go somewhere and get like battered because otherwise, you know, I'd have just stayed on these snake lakes. So anyway, I came home from that festival, that's that first one. And uh, it, like, I, I looked and I thought, I was probably about 24, 25 at the time. Um, maybe 20, I don't know, 20, early 20s, mate, I'll have been. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Young kid. Yeah. Young lad. Um, I'm looking, I'm thinking, right, I had like a, a little plan. I thought I'll, I'll, I'll write down what I did and what I should have done. And then obviously when I go back with Boovy in September, because we booked on the other one, I was like, mm. even if I don't like, think, at least I can look look at that. I know it's a different time here. but So anyway, I did that and I wrote down what I should have done on these pegs and that. And I went back in the spring, in the autumn on the Maver with my mate Mark, who don't even go fishing anymore. He should do, because he was decent, but he, he stopped going. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, we went back down on that one. It was a little bit different weather than that. And I just, I was driving down then. I was like, I was like proper confident. Like I thought, I know what I'm doing here. Do you know what I mean? Like, I know, I know what I do on this area. And I like sort of, I spoke to a few people and I was just thinking, right, I'm, I'm just going to catch them. I'm catching them this time here. Yeah. So, First day, um, it was the May first. First day was on uh, Tree Waters, I think it was, and I was second in section that first day. My mate Mark beat me off. He beat me. I can't remember where the lad who you went down with, your mate, lad who we went down with, Mark beat me. <laughs> Brilliant, beat me by an ounce. And I oh think he, no, he might have even been. It was like a couple of pegs down from where I was, and to be honest, it, it was one of them where like. I wasn't even that bothered, do you know what I mean? You I, I, I was, but I was yeah, like... At least right, first and second with you, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was like, decent start. I was like, right, second start. It's the decent... Even if it's your dropper, it's a good dropper, do you know what I mean? Yeah. So next day, where was we? Um, Twin Oaks, was it Twin Oaks next day on the... Yeah, it was. And I drew peg 14 on Twin Oaks. I, I can't remember what weight I had. I think I had about £196. Wow. And I just... I fish shallow long on the pearl and then I fish meat short. And it was just like, at that after that match, I was like, right, this this is, I, I can't, do you know what I mean? I, I knew I was drawing good as well. I was drawing decent pegs and I was like, right, I need to keep drawing like this. I'm on, like, you know, when you've got that momentum and you think, yeah. right, wherever I draw now, I'm just going to catch. Yeah. And then on the Wednesday, I was on path and I drew in a real hard section that day. I can't remember exactly who was in it. I know Mikey Williams was in it, um, Lee Riley, and there was a few. There was a few real good anglers in my section that day, and I just thought, right. And I'd looked at the results from the day before, and I'd spoke, and I think it might have been Simon Colclough, and I'd said to him, I was like, "How did you catch?" And he was like, "I've just caught roach on the short pearl, and he won the section off my peg." Mm-hmm. Right. I can't remember what weight he had, but anyway, I fish, I fish, roach, fish for roach short on the on the short pearl. Fished them for maggots, and I had, I think I had like twelve pound of roach, nice little perch on the short pearl, and won the section that day. And I was like, 
And Boovey said, this is your week this, this week. And I was like, do you know what? Like, I was just proper feeling it. Everywhere I drew, I was just confident. Yeah. And then was on Belinji and... Cam, me and Cameron Hughes were both doing well the festival that week and he ended up joining my, joining my section. Was both on like level points. I think was both like third and fourth in the festival by this point. No, no, he didn't. He didn't join my section. He drew on my lake, but he wanted my section. He was on like the end peg on Belinji, which is like 27, which is like the one where the bridge goes across. I don't know whether you've ever been. I've never been Belinji, no. I've been no. White Acres a long, long time ago, but them two, Porth and Belinji. Belinji, yeah. Belinji's weird, like real, real night, like real mint lake, but it's like real, like iggledy piggledy, like there's little pegs like here, there, and everywhere. It's crazy, like, and it goes all the way around the back. Then there's an island. Yeah, it backs on itself a little bit, yeah. Yeah, That's... and now it, it got obviously split into three lakes, but I was on the first one you come to out of the car park on the right hand side. Um, I was I'd have been in like the forties, maybe like peg thirty nine or something, thirty eight. Anyway, Cameron was a favourite, but we was both doing well in the festival. And he won his section, and I was second that day, so it put us on like level points. I think I had hundred and ten pound. Mm. Lee Riley won the section with a silly weight, like one fifty, and then obviously, so obviously I was going into the last day, and I had two twos and two ones, which is like thirty four points. Mm-hmm. And, like, that usually gets you framing anywhere there. So I was like, right, even if I don't win on following tomorrow, at least I'll probably still be in the top 10. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, I went on following and it just, like, I, when it's your week, it's your week. And, <laughs> and I ended up winning the section on there as well. I had, like, £80 of, um, like, all sorts, really, that day. I caught some barbell. Um, just, like, I fished meat short pretty much all day. It was mega windy. I fished long pole with me to start with and come short a little bit earlier than I thought I was gonna to have to. Um and yeah, just 80 pounds that day. So like second festival, yeah. and I ended up third. So I was like, right, this is what I want to do now. Like I, I'll just concentrate on all my fishing throughout the year and I'll just I'll just like make sure I'm prepped for white acres because it was like a little bit of a thing then. It qualifiers weight really is big. The weight is the weight match this then, and the one um for golden reel obviously fishomania was about but it wasn't like qualifier after what qual- i tell you when it was the time david it was the time when everyone rushed to get fishomania tickets yeah and if you weren't lucky you might not get none yeah do you know what i mean by that yeah yeah like, no, exactly that, that was the era like I'm going back here like seven, eight, nine years. Probably when I used to fish a few. And I remember trying to get on. um, Yeah, you're right. I was trying to get on the one. What's the one at Thirsk? Woodlands. Yeah, Woodlands. Woodlands, Yeah. Yeah, I was trying to get on there. And the other one, not far, the Oaks. And to try and get get tickets. I remember, yeah, that was about 2012, 2013, around that sort of time. And Yeah. yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Trying to get tickets was a nightmare, yeah. Absolute nightmare. So it was like... That was when it was, and it's so uh, your year one. It won't like bombarded with qualifiers, like you know, White Acres was the thing because it was like that was where all the best anglers got together, and like that was where um, you made a name for yourself. Like you weren't making a name for yourself doing anything else but White Acres. That is, mm. was the key thing. Like if you were doing well at White Acres, then you got noticed. Yeah. If you were doing well anywhere else. It was hard to because White Acres was like the Premier League. Do you know what I mean? It was like where everyone wanted to be and doing well. So I was buzzing. Like to come fair on my second festival, I was like, right, 
do you know that's what I'll do you start think that's, doing. Do you think that's changed now then? Because you think the scene's been fragmented a bit because you have got match this, you have got feeder golden reel, feeder mass. Is it? You know, there's not well, as much. There's so much I choice so. now. I think so. Don't get me wrong. Right, the festivals are still very well attended. Mm. I think they're still getting hundred and eighty. I know that a lot of the um, a lot of you your anglers that like your ringers. Um, I mean, Will Raisin don't go there anymore. When I was going, it was just like crazy, mate. It was just like the who's who. And Superstar I, and I Central as you. Anymore. Yeah. yeah. I think a lot of them stopped in a similar time to when I stopped. Because I, the reason I stopped was because I couldn't even get on the festivals. I missed one year. Mm. And then after that, it was like, sorry, your place has gone. Right. And now I haven't been back since. So I've only, I've, I've only actually fished for Whiteacres festivals in my life. Right. I've never fished any more than that because after I missed get one, on them, I couldn't get on them. And I've it's not crazy. been back since. And I tried to get on last year and someone actually got on the reserve list that was after the reserve list. I don't know how it happened, but there was a mix-up last year, so I couldn't go. And then I tried to get on. I've messaged this year and they haven't even got back to me. So I'm wow. like... Do you know what I mean? That, like, that's me thinking to myself, oh, I wouldn't mind having a nobble at that. <laughs> I've got no chance if you've got like a years and years waiting list. Crikey. Yeah, yeah. Mad. It's like you, you, you can't seem to get on a festivals, David. I, I don't know what it is, mate. I, I don't know whether it's like they're not bothered because they've got their numbers or, you know, it's fair enough. I mean, you miss your place, you miss your place. But yeah. they're still hard to get on. But I think so like still you, there, but it's whether it's just the standards as 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 it was, and yeah, no, it's interesting. The standards still going to be strong, but yeah. there's there's a lot less um there's a there's a lot less anglers going that I recognise now. Yeah, like I'd you know what I mean? Like there might there might be like 180 names. I might only know like 70 names, but just because you don't know the other 110, don't mean they're not good. No, it could be awesome. I don't know everyone. Do you know what I mean? So. Yeah. It's yeah. like you just don't. It's like someone said to me the other week about about this year's UK champs. There was like, oh, there's something right dross fishing. It. I was like, what are you on about? Like, how do you, you know, know like who yeah. everyone is? Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like, how can you even like come out with something like that? But yeah, you don't, don't know. Yeah, that's the thing. And no, if they got no, their no, ass slapped on the next peg, they'd soon shut up as well. Exactly, mate. Exactly. So I don't really agree with people saying stuff like that, but it's like I do. I do think that there's. 100% agree with what you were saying in terms of there's too much now. It's mm. too much choice. People can go down so many different routes with their fishing now that Whiteacres is it's been like a bit forgotten about by a lot of people, I think. Mm. Yeah, that's what what I mean? that seems to me. Yeah, that's what I was just exactly what I was thinking. It's interesting. What about, um, here's one for you, coming up to a bit more sort of modern times now and, and obviously where you where you were with you with your win recently. What about team fishing? You done any team fishing? Um I haven't done any like seriously in, I fish I fish with Garbley and Orsett um for like about four weeks. <laughs> <laughs> that was that like a short term signing? <laughs> Did he have in, injury problems? It's like one match for him. It was um commercial national about seven years ago, six years ago, something. Yeah, they asked me to fish, so I fished, and then that was the only match I fished for them. Right, short <laughs> so and sweet. Like, that was that was it. My my team team fishing career was over. Well, Obviously, that was a rubbish, rubbish question, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> and then I fished for Leeds Juniors um, when I was young, and I fished like a couple of nationals for them. But 
Oh, oh no, God. I fished with Barnsley. I fished with Barnsley Juniors as well. Right, um, okay. I thought you were going to say Barnsley Blacks then. No, 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 I've never fished for them. I fished with Barnsley Juniors um, with Les and Brandon Fowler and that. Yeah. And Wilton. And Alex hey, what, what, what would you say if they asked you, Barnsley Blacks? Barnsley Blacks? No, <laughs> they won't ask me, mate. I hey, don't do any of that not. type of fishing. Hey, no, but, listen, they fish the commercial national, you know, and they've got yeah, other sort of stuff yeah, like leagues. Ob- ob- obviously, I would, mate, but I do know a lot of them well. You know, I know the full team well, so it's like... Of course. But, you know, it, I don't know with me and team fishing. It's not something that I really would be that interested in because I'm like... I'm not like... I don't know what it is. I just I'm just too in too in with my own thing. Like I, what I, what I want to do, I know what I want, and like you're, you're a lone ranger, aren't you, mate? You don't want to yeah. be dictated to by tackle. No, like, you don't want to be no. told how to fish for a team or stick to rules and whatever. You yeah, want to fish for like, yourself I, and I, do I just, it right. I just go and do my own thing, and like I've got my own way of thinking, and I think you know that that it works for me. So anything that can disrupt that is like. A no, no for me. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, so no, I, just, I totally get. That's quite an interesting way of focusing. To be fair, it's uh, yeah. it's probably got got you how you did. So you qualified this year uh, right up to modern times, and so I'm not going to go into the tackle, the techniques, and all the rest of it. You know, you've done all that, and I think it's fair to say for those of us that watched it on the telly as well, um, you absolutely smashed it. You know, what was it, 85 kilo, around 65 kilo above second, I think. Yeah. Um, but to get there, obviously, qualification makings, probably another venue that you wouldn't normally travel to. Uh, you know, it's right out of the way, isn't it? Midlands. But this grounding that we've been talking about, these techniques for carp, this understanding how carp fish. Again, did you just turn up there, get a bit of local info and just do your thing or what? Um, yeah, pretty much. I fished makings once before um, in a commercial national with Barnes and Juniors. So I kind of knew a little bit about it, but I'm not on that phase. So all I did was, I looked at weather forecast, I'll be honest. I looked at the weather forecast, it said um, 20, 22 degrees, overcast and hardly any wind. Mm. And knowing what was in the lake, obviously, I, I'd looked on Facebook at the commercial, um, at the junior national results. And I looked on that and I looked at Lake 5 and I saw what won the lake. Mm. And I think that lake won the whole match. Yeah, and it was a it was like a little bit further down from where I'd drawn, and opposite it. So like further down the lake and opposite bank, and I know that he got one fishing shallow on the pearl. So I thought, right, that's all I'm doing then. I'm yep. just going to fish shallow again. all day yeah. back to back. Mm-hmm. That's all I set up. I set a deck rig up as well, but mm-hmm. I didn't set no rods up. I didn't set anything else up. I just set that up. Everyone like was like, are you setting a method up to that island? I was like, nah, mate. So anyway, <laughs> I've just gone and fished shallow. No margin or out like that, just literally. No, mate. Yeah. I don't, I, you, nah, nah. I didn't. I didn't even bother. I didn't even bother with short pearl. Didn't bother with margins because on these qualifiers, margins very rarely work anyway. Because obviously you've got someone sat on your tiptoes, and like short pearl only works usually if it's blowing an absolute gale. In them conditions, you generally never catch anything anywhere past sort of like thirty meters usually. In my mm. opinion, just going off past qualifiers. So I've done that all day. Um, just for shell on the long pole, fed next to nothing. I had my mate Chris Barley who was next to me. We're both neck and neck all day, pretty much. Like going up to about two o'clock, 
and then his pegs faded and mine got stronger towards the end. And I ended up obviously winning it with 179, which was, I think, £50 clear of second place on the day yeah. as well. So mm. it was like a comfortable one that, do you know what I mean? And I knew going into that last hour that I'd win the match as well. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. I knew that it wasn't going to fish as well as... My mate Les come behind me and said, look, you'll win it. They'll definitely win it today. So it was yeah. like, it, it, was a dec- it was a decent match that. It was a real... I wouldn't say a simple match because there was a few little things that I did that I think was the reason why I caught, why I caught but it was a nice, nice day and it hopefully I'll, you know what I mean, draw the same peg next year at me. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, what's it feel like when you know you've won and you know you're going to be in the final? Does the prep start straight away in terms of asking questions? I mean, you know how you feel anyway, but what what did you do? Because it, it was quite close, wasn't it, between qualifying and then the final? Yeah, so it was so it was two weeks. Um, mm. I mean, to be honest, I didn't really do that much actual prep because I've already got all that stuff sorted anyway. Yeah, I've got all my re- I've got all all my stuff for Psych House is exactly the same because it's the same stamp fish. Mm-hmm. It's the same depth. So Psych House is eight, nine, ten foot. Airfield's the same, eight, nine, ten foot. They're all similar stamp cap. They're like commons and mirrors between sort of like four to. Twenty pounds, say. Do you yeah. know what I mean? So you, you, you could catch Similar. a little bit of everything, but the general stamp is is four, four to four to ten. So I've I've got like hundreds and hundreds of uclems already done up because that's mm. where I'm going on a weekly basis. I know that's what I need there. All my elastics are already for that, yeah. so I didn't have to do any of that. Really? Like, for example, if I'd have been going to Partridge or I just fished like Tunnel Barn every week. I'd have had to probably do all my well, we've said, yeah, all F ones, all them uplands, yeah. all those different rigs, yeah, yeah, and all and all all my rigs. I probably needed to get some floats for it because obviously I don't really fish. Do you know what I mean? It mm. would have been it would have been a bit alien, yeah, because I'm just that. That's all I do anyway. It was like right, prep's done. Let's just go for a little look at airfield. I've not been for a while. I, I, obviously, I, I live quite close to there, but I don't go there that much because they don't have that many open matches there anymore. No. It's more because it, they're so busy with the club matches. So it's like, let's just go and have a little look at airfield. Um, and yeah, it was just like sort of job done, really. It was mm. it was quite easy, really, to, to prep for it because I knew what I was, I knew what I needed. Do you know what yeah. I mean? It's quite funny when I think about that final, and I just, just to repeat again, I'm you know I'm not going to delve into how you won the match or whatever, but there's a couple of things that stood out. Um, one was that you said, I think you said it in the interview straight after, mm. or, or similar, was that there was no pressure really because there was no crowds. Everyone stood behind Bennett and Jamie yeah, and yeah. Andy May and all the rest of it. But if they were behind you at the start, you might not have fished the same match. Def- maybe not, no, maybe not. Maybe you'd have got a little bit too... I don't know. Maybe you'd have got a little bit too... Um, what would be the word? Pressure. Frightened, like, to do like what you thought was going to work. Or, do you know what I mean? What, like Because the eyes are on, like... Yeah, because the eyes are on you. You think, I've got to do this because they're stood there. Yeah. I've had that before, though, in matches where, like, in qualifiers and stuff, where you don't want to do something because you think, you know what I mean, you... Yeah, like you yeah, don't no, want to I go out it. and start slapping at 16 metres like because you think, oh, well, do you know what I mean? Like people think it's a bit daft. Like years ago, do you know what I mean? Yeah, but I get it. Yeah, You just, I, I've not, not me personally, but I've heard people say it, do you know what I mean? Like I didn't want to do this because I thought he might think 
somebody you know, might think got... you looks a bit silly or whatever. They're more yeah, bothered yeah, about yeah. what other people think. Yeah, but you off. shouldn't ever think it's like that. Do you know what I mean? Like, just do. But definitely, like that crowd. It's something that we're just not used to in fishing. Like, no, no, no it's never. I've never experienced it before. Um, I think unless you're an international angler, so you Scott Orns, you Will Raisins, Callum Dix, these lads that have fished mm-hmm. those world champs where obviously they're lying in the banks. Or if you're a really old school angler, like I, I did a, a podcast with Ian Eaps and, yeah. uh, you know, those sort of lads. River. When they used to fish, yeah, you'd have hundreds coming to watch a yeah. match on a, you know, a, a, a Witham championship, whatever. So unless you're a really sort of old school angler or a... Um, you know, an international, I don't know. It's alien, isn't it? Like you said, yeah. you mentioned to Matt, one person walks behind you in your local commercial, like, you're all right, mate, what are you doing? Yeah, 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 that's it. That's what it is. Though, Sky isn't it? Riding, you, do one. Yeah. You, yeah, you don't, you don't want, like, you just don't want to speak to anyone when you're fishing, do you? Because you're no. concentrating that much. But on that match, it's like, blooming hell. You've got no choice. Got some things that she was asking me, she was on about rugby, um, just, uh, <laughs> of one course. Point, yeah, yeah, yeah. When you what, ch- what, fishing what, for fifty grand, yeah, yeah, yeah. What she said? What's your favourite fish? Or what? What's your favourite type of fish? Did you say addock? <laughs> I was just like, mate. I was like, I was just laughing at them like questions. I was like, what are you on about? And then like, it's, I think it, Dale, my mate Dale had said something to it. The, the thing is, like, they don't really like. It's a bit of a fish shows a little bit of a. I don't even know what to say. It's, well, listen, it's what I, I, I think I know, goes on. I think I know what route you're going down and I'll help you out. So I, I covered this on the last podcast and I do a piece at the start. I'm actually not going to do it on yeah. this one called the press pack where I look at some of the stuff. And there was one thing that really got my goat. There was um, Fishermania Facebook page. It made a post and said, you know, another one over. Great to have the crowds back. Big well done to Harry Bignall. And I looked through the comments and there actually wasn't that many well dones to you. It was all no, no, like most of them were like moaning where they yeah, about negative being, about the venue, about the commentators. About the it did, it did my head in being on an end peg and all that sort yeah, of stuff. All yeah. that and it, and it really annoyed me because what I think what a lot of anglers are not appreciating, as I said on the last podcast as well, is that and this I think this is the route you're going down, is that Fishermania Sky Sports, it's not we'd love it to be just about match fishing. Uh, you know, we'd love it to be yeah. All, but it's not. It's aimed at the non-angler. You've got to talk as if we're all daft as a brush and have never chucked a rod out. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Everything's definitely. got to be in layman's terms. So actually, for for Mrs. Smith's at home doing a knitting, who might have just flicked on Sky Sports <laughs> and and is watching you smash all these carp out, she she might be interested. At, oh, who's this young lad here? Oh, he likes a bit of rugby. Who's his? Yeah, mate, yeah, you know, yeah. And yeah. that's what it is. As daft yeah, as it definitely. seems to us. And a lot of lads and lasses will be sat home, proper anglers will be saying, just get on with it. I want to see what rig is using. 100%. Actually, that doesn't work for, for Sky Sports. And that's, no. I think, why it's so weird. Um, that is well, that is what it is. Like It's not like people are like, oh, well, you know, yeah, that is exactly it. There's the, there might be how many people viewing that. I bet, I, bet, I bet more people that don't go fishing watch that than exactly. people that do go fishing watch it. Say there's 2 million people, I don't know, just pluck that figure out there, 2 million people, probably about five hundred, half a million are anglers. The rest yeah, of them are just Yeah, of course. The thing, there'll be loads of people who watch that that don't go fishing. I know there is anyway because I've had loads messaging me on Facebook yeah. saying, look, I'm thinking of getting into fishing. You know, They've not even been, do you know what I mean? And they've mm-hmm. messaged me saying, well done. They've never even been fishing, ever. 
but yeah. I've watched it instead of thinking of getting into it. I must yeah. have had like 15, 20 messages like that. Really? That's brilliant. Loads, yeah. Do you know what I mean? I'd, you can't like put a big paragraph together, but you just say, yeah, definitely try it. Do you know what I mean? But mm. it is it, it, it is a, it is something that you've got to take into account and that people just don't understand. People are just so quick to jump on negative. Mm. Like, I don't get why people are so negative all the time. It's just like, it, it, it probably well, we're, we're lucky it, to like, have such a great event. And if it doesn't come across as maybe we would like, like to, you've just got to suck it yeah, and say, you know. Yeah, 100%. And like, the thing is, what are they going to do next year? Like, thing is, if you don't like it, don't watch it. Simple as. Mm. Go watch something else if you think Keith Arthur's no good or if you think what Do you know what I mean? Like, if they think they could do a better job or whatever. It, it, yeah, things need to change slightly. But, mm. um, you know what I mean? You can't just go on Facebook and start, like, slating yeah. it out. There was it's one as well that's, I mean, if he spoke about, and again, on these podcasts, I've done I've done two with Keith, I've done one with Rob Hughes. Yeah. Um, and when they start saying, BT would do a better job than Sky, how do you know that? Are you an editor? Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, it's some real weird stuff on there, but it is what it is and, and you know, fine. But yeah, those questions here is quite funny. But then the second point I was going to say about that, because I, I watched yeah. it and I heard you say it, I'm sure I did. So confirm this hmm. one bit when you walk past Bennett at the end. And I think hmm. he said to you, when did you know you'd won it? And you went something like after about two hours, mate. And he went unreal. No, that Is was that- Paul Holland, mate. Paul Holland, was it? Yeah. It was something like along those lines. Yeah. And I just thought, right, well, now I know that you knew that you'd, you'd potentially got that check in the bag early doors. So the pressure must have felt pretty much off those last three hours. Yeah. I knew that I was going to win it quite early on because mm. obviously when you're 30 kilos, like I've, the thing is me, I watched, I've watched loads of the fishers on uh, YouTube, you see. Mm. So when you watch them and you, you kind of get like a bit of an idea of how the, it, it works. Like if someone gets in a lead like that, like you, they're not, they're not going to get beat. And, and I knew how strong that peg was. Yeah, because Airfield's been fishing quite hard to be fair, David. Like up and leading up until that event. Yeah, and my peg was absolutely rigid. Like, mm. I mean, it was it was that strong. I could have probably like you know what I mean. It, it was it, I could have packed up after two and a half hours and still won. Yeah, and my yeah. better hours were after that anyway. So it was like, it, I could enjoy it, but in your head, you're still fishing for fifty grand. Yeah, big money. And there's still people who've come to watch, yeah. So you've got to like, you know, it's still on telly. People are like, oh, you should have just packed up. It's like, what, what, while Sky is on? Do you know what I mean? Like, mm. oh, yeah, that would look mint for fishing, wouldn't it? Like, <laughs> you know <laughs> what I mean? You've still, got to, you've still got to fish and, you know, try and catch. There was that, obviously, the margin thing. You know what I mean? You just, you yeah, just yeah. got to do your own thing and, you know, as much as you can catch, whatever you win by, you win by. It's a fishing match at the end of the day, but you've, you'd rather be in that position, David, where you're winning by a comfortable margin mm-hmm. than having to catch up. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, you'd totally. always be in that. You'd always rather take, you'd take it any day, wouldn't you? Absolutely. Oh, 100%. But nah, brilliant. One of them things, it probably will never, ever happen like that again, ever in a final. In my opinion, I don't think there'll ever be a final like that again, ever. No, I, I, it was just it, that peg was just that strong. I can only think of an example. I've only been to one physical final, and it was uh, I think it was Jamie Hughes's first win, twenty thirteen at Cudmore, 
and I sat behind him. There was a few of the lads that we went down and, and we sat behind him. It was a red hot day. Mm-hmm. He had a stack of barbel. Um, yeah, I remember it. Yeah. Remember it. And I yeah. think he was fishing caster at about, so it wasn't far out, six or seven meters. They must have been a little old and there was a stack of them sat in there and he just absolutely smashed them out there. But yeah. the difference on that was that it would only take, because these barbel are, you know, a couple of pound a piece, it, it, it would only take someone to get a couple of double figure carp and they were back up there. Whereas mm. on this match of yours, the stamp that you were getting, the regularity that you were getting, you couldn't see anybody moving. I know Sam next to you had a, had a good run yeah. towards the end, but yeah. none of the, the favoured lads, if you want to use that term, were, were pulling up any trees. It's just, you could just see it and you're right. I don't think it would be replicated again. Not like that, no. I mean, for that to be replicated again, I think... Um, I don't know. It'd have to be at a different venue, I think. Different, I was going to say, I'm just trying to think, go way, way back. I remember when mm-hmm. I was a kid, one of the early doors, I think it might have been Andy Jennings or one of them. Yeah. It was at Allcroft. And that one of those matches was one with something like about 17, 18 pound. So it was all yeah. bits, but there was only like 10 ounce between the top three. Yeah. So it was, it was a totally different style. So there has been scenarios like, but not this style of fishing, not modern commercial match fishing where you've just absolutely sort of destroyed it oh there was one final thing as well just that has just reminded me yeah um, thinking about yeah what's this about there's a bit of a rave going on that was doing your editing oh, there's some oh, music. Yeah. Oh, yeah, what was it crazy, mate. so like i've never heard music ever but there was like um there was like two massive speakers either side of the bottom bank so there was right. like a speaker at one side of the damn wall and then, like, a speaker out the other either side of the podium thing. Yeah. And they were playing, like, um, well, it was, like, all sorts, like, pop, like, dance music. Yeah. And, like, you could hear it booming from where I was. I was probably, like, 150 metres away. Mm-hmm. So God knows what it will have been, like, flipping, like, Leeds Festival at that bottom end. Yeah, there. dead right. It's got to affect the fishing as well, surely. It was mad. I mean, I, th- I, th- I thought it was just going to be on for... Um, what do you call it for the morning? Do you know, like before, yeah, before the all in, yeah, yeah. I, I, that's that's all I thought it was for. Like I said to Dale, I was like, do you reckon it'll get turned off? It was like, well, I don't know. And then <laughs> it didn't get turned off. And I was like, do you think they've meant to like keep that music on? Like, do you think do you think that's because all I'm thinking is like they're trying to commentate on it, and but there's going to yeah. be this music blasting out. Are they going to be able to hear it? Do you know what I mean? But in that, it didn't sound that loud on on the video. No, but no, it didn't. That's why I'm asking because it, it was, was had to it, be there. It yeah, it was loud down that bottom end, mate. A real loud. Like whether they turned it down a bit, I stopped noticing it towards the end, but I know it was still on. But like, how weird. I suppose it's the nature it of the mad. beast again. Yeah, it's just. I it's, suppose it's, it's the same for everyone. Do you know what I mean? But like, yeah, obviously, one end of the lake was definitely louder than the other. I mean, it's not unique. I mean, match, I don't know if Phil Briscoe still does his bit on the mic at match this finals. He used to do. I know, <laughs> um, yeah, either, yeah, like, a, you know, DJ, Eversham weekend, <laughs> he used to have it then as well. So you'd have you'd have the microphone and they'd be literally like commentating on who's catching well and whatever. Yeah. But not, not like Venger boys blasting out down the lakes, you know. <laughs> it's like, what's going on? Oh, it was, it was oh funny. Absolutely crazy, mate, honestly. Brilliant. <laughs> 
I haven't really got that much more to say about Fisho because you covered it nicely. You know, I know that you'll be doing loads of other sort of write-ups and read-ups on, on how you won it and whatnot, etc. But I guess my final thought on Fisho on this one is, um, before we, we wrap up and I'll ask you one or two final questions, how does Sky treat you? What's the, what's the whole mm. experience like? Oh, and another one, what do you do for the loo? <laughs> so... Um, what's it like? How does Sky treat you? To be honest, it was like um, in the morning. It was just it was just like a normal like sort of match. Really, we got right. there quite. I, I was there quite early, um, waiting outside the fishery. Like I parked up, um, got out my car because we was all waiting outside for us to be allowed in. There was like all the anglers just like what wandering about, really, just like chatting mm. um, outside the venue. And then, like as we drove in, it it's it sort of like got real real then because there was like obviously this music on and there was like loads of like Sky staff security, of course, um, yeah. loads of other staff like stewards and stuff like walking about and setting things up. And then there was like there was like a little area with like a little fairground, like a little ride and stuff like mm. that. And it was like. I was like looking about like Jesus Christ, this is like big, do you know what I mean? This year yeah. some serious effort into like 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 loads of stalls, like Maver, Guru, Preston, like everywhere, like was just big trade stands, yeah. And I was like, when people get in here, I said I think I even said it to um one of my mates who was in the I can't remember who it was, it might have been like Fisky or someone like that who was in the cafe. I was like, mate, this is going to be crazy when everyone get in here because I just mm. I could just see it like everyone like piling in and oh yeah, they reckon like seven thousand people, yeah, 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 and and they did like very very quickly as soon as we were in, they were in mm. all 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 the people just started coming through then and um and yeah, it was like we had a COVID test like straight away. Oh right, yeah, good. So they gave us like this, uh, well, it was like a not a lateral, lateral flow, lateral flow one, yeah, yeah, the half yeah. hour ones, yeah. Had that, um, obviously, found out I didn't have COVID, which, which meant I could fish. Um, yeah. And then yeah, it was like right off you go, to your pegs, parked my car up, got my gear out, and then drove all the way back round because you're not allowed to leave your car outside your peg. You've right. got to like drive all the way back up to the car park, main car park where where I parked. And then as I'm walking back, I like like just like talking to people really, like odd people like coming up to me and that. I think a few of them didn't even know I was in the final. Yeah. And then like obviously, I got to my peg and just set up as normal, David. It was, it was like a, I don't know. I'm sometimes I'm real chill with stuff, and then sometimes I'm not. But that day I was just like, I don't know what it was. It was just I didn't get any nerves. I didn't get any. Really brilliant. Nothing. Nothing. No. I just. I just was like dead chilled. I don't know what it was, mate. It was weird to be fair. Sometimes, like, whereas, like, if I was fishing, <laughs> I don't know, it's like sometimes I get nervous fishing qualifiers, but I'm not in, nervous in the final. It's weird. Yeah, it's strange, that, isn't it? Yeah. I don't written know what it in, was. Written in the stars, mate. Yeah, probably. Oh, brilliant. So, no, it sounds like, um... oh, you didn't answer the question about the loo. Oh, the loo. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, that one. Um, I never even went to the toilet that day at all. Wow, five hours. Whereas usually I'd, I do need to go at least once. Um, See, I reckon I'd shit myself. I reckon I'd have <laughs> a load of emodium beforehand. <laughs> and then, um, and then that was it. Like that was it. I didn't wow. go again. I don't think Sam Brown did either. 
genuinely, oh. honestly, I think I'd be that nervous. I'd have to have about 50 Imodium or something beforehand. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Class. Okay, brilliant. So, I mean, you've given us a real good insight into everything there, mate. It's been fantastic. But I guess just to sort of think about wrapping up, what does the future hold for uh, for you then? I mean, I know we, we're probably not going to, Unless there's a real tempting offer around sponsorship, we know that team fishing, your team fishing, yeah. uh, was short and sweet. So, what's yeah, the plans? Yeah. I mean, I know you say you're still kicking on with UK, but you'll want to defend the the, the fish show, obviously. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, definitely, mate. I mean, I think the main thing with me is, I would say, I'll just carry on what I'm doing, what I'm doing. Yeah. And just see whatever comes comes. I'm, I'm just going to keep trying to win stuff. So, and just tick tick things off as they go, as as they come now. So, like obviously, I've I've won Fisher. I've I've had good decent results in other competitions as well. But now I want to just you know I want to win some. I want to win some else. So I'm you got to now. The UK champs now. Like yeah. whether it'll be this year, next year, the year after, the year after. So that's the next thing that I want to win now. So I like the UK champs because it's about consistency. Yeah, yeah. So I want to I want to win that like. I think, and then obviously after I've won that, then I'll I'll try. Obviously, I'm just going to keep trying to trying to build on it. I like what um, you just said. Did you hear what you just said? Then you said obviously after I've won that, confident already. <laughs> so <laughs> like I just you know, it, I just I just feel like I just want to keep trying to compete at that level. But I feel yeah. if I put enough effort in, I'll I'll get the results. Yeah, um, no, it's it's a balance as well, mate. You've got a you know young family and all the rest of it. It's it's hard to, to balance everything, yeah. and you just got to try and do what you can do. And Definitely. I love it. One one final thing then from me, just what if you could give one tip when fishing for carp on a commercial, what would it be? Patience. Right. Okay. So people get a little bit. Um, I see a lot. I see it a lot. I see people coming off coming off things and. I think with carp, the complete. I'm gonna. I'm gonna broaden this out a little bit because it's quite. It, you, you can't just say patience and not explain it. Go for so, it. For carp fishing, it's very different to F1 fishing because you don't need to. Um, you don't really need to. Uh, like sort of tee lines up, so you mm. can sort of start lines as and when. And another thing is, you don't need to. You, you can't fish too many lines either. You've only right. got you, you've got like two or three that you're going to catch on. Yeah. So the reason why I think patience is the main thing is because you're only going to be fishing for like 10, 15, 20, 25 fish. Sometimes maybe thirty max if you're mm. big carp fishing. Sometimes ten and fifteen can get you in. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. When you're fishing a six-hour match and you actually divide that time up, your your bite waiting for bites is like 15, 20 minutes sometimes. Yeah, you could only need three fish an hour. And and yeah, and carp carp just like they don't respond to like um, throwing loads of bait in loads of different areas. It's just not the way forward. Mm-hmm. You've got to pick some areas of your peg to target them in, and just be patient. And know that when they actually start feeding, you'll catch them. Yeah. But you can sometimes sit for four hours with carp and not catch anything, and then all of a sudden they can rock up, pop up, whatever, and you can catch fifteen in fifteen chucks. So you've just got to be patient. 
is there any merit as well and i mean i've always when i've probably the majority of my fishing nowadays is f1s i guess mainly but when i've fished up yeah I think, I think so i mean i've started fishing rivers and, and bits and pieces nowadays as well to mix it yeah. up, but probably a lot of f1s but like that like, with your end though, David, isn't it? There's loads more of F1s, isn't they? It is, mate. Big time. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's dom- dominated it by is, it, really. It is. I, I guess with the cat, when I have the Glebe, I fish the Glebe quite a lot. And I've always yeah. found <laughs> copying people, watching what's going on, yeah. and then making the switch. Yeah. It, does that still have its merit? De- definitely, definitely. 100%. Like, it, it, that's one of the most important things. Because thing is carp just make themselves so obvious like f1s they, they can be sat in your peg mm. and you won't know it that's right whereas with carp they're just obvious it's, if someone's catching them on a certain method that's that's what the feet how they're feeding so yeah, yeah looking around the lake but these days like muggings are massive so like looking for them as well as big and you yeah. know just just having the having the time and just trying to well that's an interesting one mugging patience i mean the last thing you want to do is sort of sit there with your pole over the water and wait for you know you've got to no, pull yeah, out you... the water stand up it might be 10 minutes before a fish comes past you, might, you but you might go an hour though you might go yeah. an hour and not catch one and then you might get seven in seven chucks yeah and that's just the way you've got to look at it i like that but that that's that's my that's my number one thing i think with carp i think you've just got to be patient and you know look around like you just said just try and gain a little bit of an understanding of what's going on and where to be in, at the right times of the day and um and don't don't set too much gear up there's another one 100 i think you've got to fish something to its true potential but yeah i love it well ari <laughs> that has been fantastic i i just want to say a massive thank you for joining me um yeah. i know it's second up your time and what, what no, not, not on, mate. no problem and again a massive well done on winning that 50 grand as well. So, thanks, David. Ladies yeah, and gents, you, Mr. Harry Bignall, brilliant. Cheers, bud. Teddy Fisher Baits specialise in the manufacture of fishing ground bait and additives. We combine a 40 year old proven fish catching recipe and the experience of our skilled team. Fishing is an adventure, and here at Teddy Fisher, we strive to make that adventure a success. Go to www.teddyfisher.co.uk to see our full range of baits. For all your fishing needs, be sure to check out Fishing Evolution. Boasting two floors of branded displays, visit our recently expanded superstore at Hadley Road in Sleaford where we offer a huge range of tackle from all of the leading course and cart brands such as Nash, Fox, Corda, Drennan, Preston, Guru, Daiwa and many, many more. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram where we share all of the latest news and updates about products available in store.